the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. This episode brought to you by Lockwood Inner Circle. That is a, a membership that Pearl and I created because we hear it all the time from parents that they're not getting everything they need from their guidance counselors. The fact of the matter is, is that you begin building that body of work, or your child does, from ninth grade forward, maybe even earlier, because every class, every extracurricular, every summer opportunity, etc., that all goes into that body of work that will ultimately be summarized in a closing argument, the college applications, three and a half years later. So we created the Lockwood Inner Circle membership because so many parents have no idea what they should be doing and when they should be doing it. Timelines, deadlines, you name it. Also, the membership includes a double secret tool that we use to help predict chances of getting in to your dream colleges and everywhere else you're applying, as well as the odds of winning fat, juicy, merit, and need-based financial aid offers. It's a privately available tool that's proprietary, and it was developed by someone really high up in the, uh, on the totem pole at a, an elite Ivy League institution and someone who was actually very deeply involved with the College Board back in the good old days. So it's all available to you at LockwoodInnerCircle.com. Podcast listeners get 50% off of this membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when they check out. Please enjoy the show, and if you like what you hear, we wouldn't mind if you gave us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. Go for five or six stars, maybe seven stars, whatever you can do. It's kind of a shameless uh, request, but you know what? It helps our reach and get through to other parents. So I would appreciate it. So would Pearl. She doesn't know I'm asking you to do this, so let's just keep that between us. <laughs> uh, enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. This episode was originally a College Coffee and COVID Talk episode, airing Tuesdays 10 a.m. on Facebook.com slash Lockwood College Prep. Pearl and Andy grilled their self-proclaimed legendary CPA, Rick Darvis, on the new 529 changes and the pros and cons of the 529 in general. Warning. You may not love your 529 after you watch this. For more information, please visit LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Enjoy the episode. All right. We are back after technical difficulties. I didn't do anything other than just restart the broadcast, so uh, hopefully you guys can hear us. Say, let us know. Say hi. Say hi in the comments. Let us know if we're coming in a little bit different. Hopefully better. And... What I started to say in the previous aborted broadcast was this show is going to be about two things, a little bit of news on international students and repercussions for international and domestic families alike. And we're going to be talking about the 529. Is it a mistake to have a 529? There's been some changes just recently announced, and we're going to cover those. So assuming we can get our um, our CPA extraordinaire back on, Rick Darvis, he's going to be talking about the pros and cons, word choice, uh, very appropriately, of the 529. So can you tell if we're coming in loud and clear now? Yes, we are. Good. Everyone has All right, good. very nicely said loud and clear. Okay, good. So 
Start off with your um, news story that you brought to me today at approximately 5.52 a.m. on the latest with uh, international students and the visas and yeah. uh, what's happening with colleges and whether they're, you know, whether they're um, going to be encouraging international students to be coming or not as of today, which is July 7th. This is the most recent info. This was late-breaking new rules put down uh, by the federal government yesterday, Monday. And here goes. Uh, foreign students must leave the United States if classes go online. Um, international students will be forced to leave the U.S. or transfer to another college if their schools offer classes entirely online this fall under the new guidelines issued Monday by the federal immigration authorities. Okay. And also Monday, Harvard announced that it is entirely going online. So to any, you know, so where that leads and to any other school. And I know many schools have, anyway, the article goes on to say, and we will, of course, see what other schools follow and what these ramifications are. But it pretty clearly states that if, and if it's Harvard and any other school, but even if it says you're an international student who is, if you're, you cannot take any online classes. If you are, you have to be out, you're forced to leave, you can transfer to another college. However, uh, you cannot stay, otherwise you have to leave, go back to your country. Um, so that's the gist. So anyway, wonder right. two things. One, I uh, wonder what that's going to mean for 2021 kids who are applying to college. Right. Perhaps there will be less competition from international students. Um, how many, I, you gave me some stats. I, I how many international I, students are there? It's like a million something. And yes, so they're, they're mostly full paying. Yep. So, you know, it's, it, that's a, uh, it's a big deal it's for a, colleges. It's a big source of, right. Big source of revenue mm -hmm. for colleges that are under fire, um, for not, you know, being able to, um, uh, meet their, you know, their budgets. Uh, so I think they're going to probably be forced to do some kind of hybrid, of in-person and online, yeah. which seemed to be happening anyway. But I guess what, what was going on somewhat recently was that there's some schools like Harvard, I think Princeton, that were saying we're going completely online. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a way, I guess, to discourage that. Um, although yes, Harvard and Princeton, you know, they, they have so much money that I think can probably weather a storm without, you know, without bringing on uh, international students, particularly if they you know, deem it to be unsafe to bring kids back. I think the other thing that's really going on here is that um, it's not so much the kids, it's, you know, because they're idiots, you know, they'll, they'll have these COVID parties in the, on the beach. Um, it's the professors who I think justifiably don't want to put themselves in, um, in, in positions, way. right, to, to be infected. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm wondering if that's going to be, I, I see that being challenged, you know, in, in the courts. Yep. And, and this is certainly going to affect, and this should be food for thought for those considering early decision, early action in the fall, because that entirely takes out of the picture, I would think, international students who cannot confirm and matriculate. Yeah, maybe. we'll see. All right. So hello to Anna Zilberg, uh, Dinah Todd, Chuck Harris, Christina Albano. You can hear us. Karen Maciel, Pearl Lockwood, and hello to Sandra Valerio. So welcome. Uh, okay. So we are going to get right into the next topic here with our sarcastic. 
um, partner here, Mr. Rick Darvis, CPA. Hello, Rick. Shouldn't poke the bear, Andy. <laughs> well, I don't think it matters what I do because uh, whatever comes into your mouth, anyway, uh, into your brain, anyway. However, uh, let's try to focus today. So what we're going to talk about is there's there been some recent changes about the 529. Uh, we get a lot of questions about the 529 in terms of whether it's good or bad, you know, friend or foe. Um, you know, traditionally we answer that question just on the financial aid basis, which is that it, it does penalize you. A lot of people are surprised to learn that it, it actually does count against you and reduce your, your financial aid eligibility. Um, but there's a whole lot more to it uh, besides that. So Rick has been bashing 529s since they were like 229s, you know, for, for, for decades. And um, um, so I wanted to bring Rick on, who happens to be our, our personal accountant, and uh, talk a little bit about the changes. And then can you also discuss why they may or may not be such a great idea for people? Okay. Um, can you hear me okay? What? Yes. You can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of noticed that Andy, uh, you said that uh, Pearl had to wake you up and give you the news this morning. So I, I guess we know who, who's on top of things here. <laughs> I right. make the coffee. That's right. Um, saving for college and now uh, your K through 12, you can use 529. That's the big change, I, I guess, if it's, uh, is that you can use $10,000 a year to pay for a K through 12 private school tuition and, and, and expenses. So that's the big change, okay, that you can use money for that, okay. Um, I, there are some, I used to do a lot of seminars for fund companies uh, that were promoting 529 plans when they first came on the scene. They were the, the rage, you know, everybody had, every all the fund companies were fighting to get, uh, you know, a, a 529 contract with certain states, you know, and it was the big thing, you know, I, I think you probably, it was the, it was the thing back then, you know, at, uh, to have a 529 plan. So, um, so I was enlisted by several of your major fund companies. I won't mention their names uh, to protect the innocent. Um, so <laughs> um, uh, to, I guess, talk about 529 plans, okay? I also I used to speak at um, savingforcollege.com. That's the big website for 529 plans. It was originated by Joe Hurley who's a CPA out of Rochester, New York. Uh, in fact, I helped him get going. I had some media contacts and help, you know, that I gave to him to, you know, help promote his, his website. He's since then sold out, uh, but he used to put on seminars uh, and, and national seminars or conferences on 529 plans. And I would, um, would speak at those on, on, you know, the pros and cons of 529 plans. So um, maybe I'm just going to share some of that with you. Um, um, there's three things that can prevent you from sending your kids to college, okay? Death, disability, and lack of savings. Death, disability, and lack of savings. Which Those are the three things. What's that? Which do you recommend? <laughs> well, in your case, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pearl's smiling. <laughs> Okay, um, so <laughs> the 529 plans may cover the third. They don't cover death, 
if you die of putting, you know, just starting to save with a 529 and you, something happens, uh, then you're not going to, it's not going to complete your college savings plan, right? Or if you become disabled, that can be the same thing. The other one is saving, enough savings for college. Uh, and a 529 plan may not even accomplish that. Even though they're called college savings plans, okay, uh, I really don't think that term really fits them because most 529 plans are not savings plans, they're investment plans where you are investing in mutual funds or you're in the market, basically. Um, Which is risky. Uh, risky. So that's the risk. That's the difference. Investing has risk. Savings does not. Okay. Uh, savings are based on compound interest, which only goes up. Uh, like a, a CD or a money market, that's saving for college. Uh, most of them do not. The only time that... Uh, uh, that you'll they'll go into uh, a savings mode is a lot of times when they get closer to college, they will move your funds into more conservative, like cash equivalents, money market, money funds. So you don't blow the college fund, you know, a year before college. Okay. Uh, what kind of returns do you get on money markets these days? Not very good. Yeah, you're right. So, so again, I think the name savings is kind of a misnomer, okay? And uh, and I said you may not have enough saved or invested, let's put it that way, uh, because they have historically had a poor rate of return. Okay, Morningstar here a few years ago did a survey of 529 plans versus uh, mutual funds, the average 529 performance versus the average mutual fund, and they found out the 529 plans underperformed by 40%, okay, 40%, okay? Um, so why is that? Well, uh, there's more fees associated with 529 plans. A lot of advisors don't even, you know, because there's just, there's just more work with them, okay? There's more headaches or more paperwork with them, okay? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, and also, you know, going conservative a few years before college doesn't help. Uh, and uh, I hate to say it, they don't put their five-star rated funds in these things, okay? Most of your fund companies, it's a way to unload some of their three-star <laughs> funds. And that's why you get a less rate of return. And why do they, how, how do they, they, they basically will put their three-star funds in the 529 because it's for your kids, mother, country and apple pie, right? Okay. It's for your kids. They candy wrap it in. It's for your kids. It's for college. You know, what better heartstrings? Oh, and by the way, they're tax-free. And we'll talk about that in a second here. But uh, so that's why they've had a historically poor performance. I don't know in the market lately what they've done, but it can't be pretty. I mean, I just, I don't even know, but I'd like yeah, to see a lot, a lot of them are down. You know, what's interesting to me is I remember all these. I don't know when it was. When when, when was the big push for the five twenty nines in the in the mid eighties? Late, late uh, mid nine, early nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. So so even with that, um, I read uh, last year that uh, only about nineteen percent of families have a five twenty nine. So it's not like it's caught on. You know, like like wildfire to, to yeah. begin with. 
but people buy them because they're recommended by financial advisors and by uh, accountants as I guess uh, mm-hmm. mostly for the tax benefits. But well, know, tax benefits, it's it's easy to recommend, you know, before 529 plans, they'd ask their accountant, well, how should I save for college? There was no real answer, but now we got the answer. Okay. It's easy. Right. Now it's, they're, they're tax free. You know, you can't beat tax. That's the big selling point, isn't it? A big selling point is tax free. So. Yeah. Cause they don't talk about whether it counts against you or not. Cause we, yeah. cause yeah. That- it does count against you. So then what's the, so what's the tax advantage? Does that offset any of these other bad things? Well, the per, there's a perceived tax advantage. Let's put it that way. Okay. So let me just jump into that. I'm actually going to look at it um, in three different areas. When you look at saving for college, more investing for college, whatever. Okay. The, I look at three factors, taxability of the, of the account, you know, whether it's an IRA or a 529 plan or whatever, the tax features, then, and Pearl can help me out on this, the financial aid features, okay? The good, the bad, and the ugly of that. And then flexibility. You want to have flexibility because things in life happen, don't they? They sure do. They sure do, don't they? And they can happen in one heck of a hurry. So you want to use this, maybe you want to save for college, all of a sudden you better save uh, uh, to get Pearl a new, Peloton for Christmas next year. Okay. Would, would that qualify as a as an economic hardship or a higher educate qualify higher education expense? Uh the uh, <laughs> well, we can do both, probably, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so that's and we'll and then we'll talk about that. So let's look to about the taxability, because that's that's one of the big selling points. Okay. Um I was talking to a New York Times reporter uh, a few years ago. I won't give her name if you can protect the innocent because uh, a lot of uh, uh, the fun companies uh, uh, advertise in the New York Times. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to her and she was you know, espousing the virtues of the 529 plans and the tax, tax-free. And I said, oh, really? I said, have you ever looked at IRS publication 970? She says, what's that? Well, it talks about the education tax uh, incentives, like the Coverdale Education Savings Account, the 529 plans, the American Opportunity Tax Credit. Okay. Take a look at that publication. I, I think I used to know the page number, like page 93 or whatever. There's a little worksheet in there, I think, yeah, that uh, you better look at um, uh, before you say these are tax-free. So... And then I went through a few examples with her on this, okay, um, and <laughs> it just she just got quiet. She couldn't talk, <laughs> and uh, uh, I says, "What's wrong, Tanya?" And she said, uh, uh, "She says, I just got off the phone with Joe Hurley. He's the five twenty nine guru, and he never mentioned that." I said, "Yeah, but it's in his book." It's not in bold. It's in there, and you know it's in there. But it's it's like uh, two sentences. <laughs> so you better look at that IRS publication before you. And I used to go through some scenarios at the, the Saving for College uh, national conferences because they'd have of the fund company representatives there, and you could hear a pin drop in that room when I got done. Because you guys have been selling this based on. It's tax-free. 
I've just given you scenarios, whether sending your kid to a private school or a public school, where in most cases, they're going to partially or maybe even totally taxable. And guess what? It's not at the child's tax rate. It's at the parent's tax rate because there's a little thing called kitty tax, tax at the parent's rate. Okay. So that, that kind of dispels that myth. It's IRS publication 970. There's a worksheet in there. Go through a few examples. Uh, and uh, I think you'll be kind of surprised. The good news is the IRS hasn't caught on to it yet. I guess we'll hope we're not uh, the IRS agents on the line, but uh, they haven't uh, hit their audit radar screen yet. Okay. Uh, but maybe they will, you know, uh, one of these days. So that's, that's the taxable end of it. Um, as far as financial aid, um, I'm going to let Pearl, the person that knows the most of the two other people on the screen, uh, talk about that. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, Andy right. was in charge of the audio and you can see how well that works. So, so Pearl, right. you... well, the 529 and, uh, financial aid. So however much you have spent, uh, however much time you've spent and money saving into a 529 plan with great intentions, at the point in time when you are filing financial aid forms, however much you have saved is counted against you as a parent asset, um, and you will be penalized at a rate of 5.64% for having that 529 saved for all these years. So if, let's just say, circling back to the 529 as an investment, as Rick was explaining it is an investment, not necessarily a savings plan. If that investment of yours did not garner you more than, let's say, a 5.64% earnings and you bothered to save it, and if it also has some tax implications, um, I don't know. That kind of begs the question that if you have penalized at that rate and the earnings weren't even so great, how great was it to have in the first place? So the only thing I'd like to add there is that um, many colleges, it appears, still treat yes. the 529 the way they used to be treated under the, under the old federal rules, I think, before 2008. I'm not positive, um, right. which penalized it at a much more severe rate at 20 or 25 percent. So if you had $100,000 saved in the 529, mm -hmm. you could lose eligibility of up to $25,000 per year just yes. because you had that money in the, in the wrong place. That's right. Exactly. You'll find. Yeah, the colleges I see that do that are the private schools for their right. institutional money, their money. That's sure, right. for the Pell Grant and the staff or the, 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 the subsidized, the uh, federal subsidized loans, you get, they go by the rule that uh, Pearl just did. But uh, when it comes to their own money, their tuition discounts, their their money, they can do what they want, right? Right. That so, is absolutely right. At the end of yeah. the day, look out. Exactly. There's a lot of formula. However, there is not any school that says, and whatever that formula spits out, that's what you're going to pay. There is no school I have not found any school that sticks to something like that. They all use the formula that is calculated by the submitting of a, of a FAFSA, which gives you an EFC, your expected family contribution. That's a number that is then thrown into some mystical, magical hopper at the college, doo, 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 and it eventually, kind of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, spits out 
not everlasting gobstopper, however, uh, <laughs> some other number that they feel your family is going to pay for college for a year. And it's never something that any family is happy with, generally, not at the first crack anyway. So um, th that le leads to the question, Rick, uh, what do you recommend people do in order to save for college? I've heard a, a lot of people talk about insurance products. Um, I don't know where you stand on that. Okay. Um, let me just finish before that, and it'll lead right into this. And that's the, the flexes. You know, I just talked about the three things you look at when saving for college or investing for college. Tax, tax. we looked at that. The financial aid effect, and Pearl eloquently went through that. Nice word, right? <laughs> and uh, flexibility is the third one. What can you use a 529 plan for other than college or K through 12? Yeah. Nothing unless you want to be penalized. Room, for it. Yeah, you want to be penalized. Okay. Repaying loans now. Yeah. Uh, what, what, when you, you start putting money into a newborn baby, okay, or child or whatever, uh, do you know for certain that they're going to college 18 years from now? Do you know that they're not going to drop out after their freshman year like a lot of them do? Or uh, they're not, you're maybe saving towards a Harvard degree and they don't go to a, a less expensive public? Okay, because things are changing, aren't they? Big time. Like when you woke up this morning, things changed a lot. Yes. There's a lot of uncertainty when you're saving uh, or investing. Okay. So you want to have something that's flexible. You can use it for other things in life because things get, life gets in the way, like emergencies, like pandemics, uh, like, uh, you know, whatever. You may need it for yourself. Don't let the college tail wag the, mm. <laughs> your life, your life's dog. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, nice so <laughs> I, I look at flexibility, right. flexibility. Okay. Uh, um, so that's the, those are my big three that I look at. As far as alternatives to 529 plans, uh, IRAs, okay, I think have just as good or more features than a 529 plan. For example, a traditional IRA, okay, in the student's name, in the student's name, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say uh, at age seven, you start hiring your child to do household duties or whatever, and you pay them, pay them some money. And so you get a tax deduction, you're a business or a rental property, you get a tax deduction, okay? So it gives you tax deductible contribution is a 529 plan tax deductible on the federal level? No. Just state? It is in, in some states it is, but not federally. Hmm. With this, you get federal and state, right? Okay. Okay. So now the student or the child has money he's putting into his five, taking his summer earnings and his earnings from the parent's business, and he's putting it into a, a traditional IRA. Now, let's say he goes to college and he pulls the money out to pay for college. Uh, there's no 10% penalty, early withdrawal, but it is taxable. It's taxable a child. How much tax is a child probably gonna pay on that money during college years? Yeah. Probably not much, he's got a standard deduction, $12,000. Okay, probably not gonna pay much or very little. Or, Maybe he gets into college and he doesn't need it for college. Then he does a Roth conversion during college years. 
now he's got it in a Roth IRA that he can use for his retirement down the line, right? So it gives you some flexibility with the Roth conversion. Okay, now let's just say this, the student uh, has sizable money in there and he, he does have a tax liability on a Roth conversion or uh, just pulling money out during college years. It's taxable because traditional IRA, it's taxable. Uh, um, if the parent's income is over 180,000, which a lot of your clients are up in your neck of the woods, Andy, that's, uh, you're in the high rent district. 180,000 doesn't get you much up there. <laughs> Long Island, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so the parents basically take the child off their tax return because the child isn't doing them any good. Now the child can claim the American Opportunity tax credit of $2,500 a year to offset any tax liability created by withdrawing funds from his traditional IRA hmm. or rolling into a Roth IRA. So basically what you have is tax-free or tax-deductible contributions through wages to the child, and then he puts it into his IRA, tax-deductible, tax-deferred, tax-free withdrawals. Okay, doesn't get any better than that, no. tax-wise. Doesn't get any better than that. So tax-wise, yeah, uh, as far as financial aid, um, are your IRAs going to be assessed as assets? Not on the FAFSA, not at FAFSA, only schools, not any place. Yeah. And right. Um, on the CSS, it's mentioned, but it's not. Yeah, so financial aid wise, right. you may be a little better off because 529s are going to be on your FAFSA. Okay? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. so there's there's your second thing we look at, flex uh, financial aid. Yep. Next to be flexibility. Can they, can say you've rolled it into Roth IRA, can that you be used for other things in life, your original contributions? Yeah, anytime. Tax-free, penalty-free. Or for retirement, tax-free, penalty-free. So there's your flexibility. So there's your big three. Uh, as far as investments, again, with an IRA, you still have the investment versus savings dilemma. But I, you can direct probably, you know, you get, you're going to get a better rate of return in your IRAs. Uh, Sounds like if you just put it in an index fund, you know, you, you'll probably do better than most most uh, uh, funds that, that the 529 uses. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So that's that's one. Another one that uh, uh, you know some people use is, is life insurance. Okay. If you properly structure it, uh, like whole life insurance, that is a savings vehicle. Okay. So a savings vehicle because um, uh, there's no risk. Whole life is based on compound interest. It only goes. There's no market risk. Okay. Also. Remember I said at the start, death, disability, lack of savings, mm -hmm. 529 plans may cover the last of the big three, the savings may, okay? Does life insurance cover all three? Yes. Yes. So uh, your kid's going to college, whether you die, become disabled, or you lost your money in the stock market, they're going to college, right. okay? So that it covers, the, that's what I like about it, okay? Okay, so as far as taxability, uh, they're taxed like Roth IRAs, uh, non-deductible contributions, uh, tax-free growth, and tax-free withdrawals in the form of loans for college, okay? Now, so tax-wise, they're like a Roth IRA, okay? So that's pretty good, right? Uh, financial aid-wise, okay? 
Uh, you cash in uh, or you take a loan out for college out of your life insurance. That's a loan. That's tax free. Does not affect your income. The income, which should be assessed at the kid's 50% rate or the 47% rate on the parent side, right? So basically, okay, as far as an asset, is life insurance an accessible asset, Pearl? Yeah. No. You better, yeah, you better let Pearl answer that. No. no. I was so excited. No. Yeah, you actually knew something there. No, <laughs> no, no. And I'm going to give the only teeniest, tiniest little caveat to that statement. On the CSS profile, which is the form used for the schools that provide it or have institutional aid to give, on the supplemental questions section, which are specific to a school wanting to know that answer, and there are a very small handful of schools that will ask the following question, which is, if you have a whole policy, whole or permanent life policy, they want to know the cash value of it. Yep. Yep. Harvard is one of those schools, and there are maybe I know another one. a handful of others. I know another one, Rick. What? what? I, I, I can't say. Come oh, on. yeah. No, uh, Hamilton. Two H's. That's how I remember. Alexander Hamilton. Just Hamilton. Yeah. You've had your one answer, Andy, now. <laughs> Let Pearl handle the rest. Book okay. On this, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Who wrote the book? <laughs> Pearl? <laughs> okay. Stay in um, your lane, will you, buddy? <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, so that's the financial aid. That's pretty good financial aid-wise, right? Flexibility. Can you use life insurance loans for anything you want in life? Emergencies, uh, weddings, whatever tax-free. Okay. Yeah. So that's the flexibility. So that might make as much or more sense than a, a 529 plan. Okay. So, I mean, those are some options, the common options that I see. Okay. And again, when you're looking at the way to save or invest for college, look at the tax, the taxability features, uh, the flexibility features and the financial aid features. So if you look at those three uh, in, in your in your in every situation, you know, different from someone that's going to qualify for financial aid or someone who's not. OK. Right. OK. So it makes a big difference. So you can't. But and, again. Exactly. And that is why when posed the question, what do you think of 529? Is it good? Is it bad? Should I do it? Should I not? And my answer always is it depends. And and it I, need depends. I need to know more. I need yeah. to know this, 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 and this, and this. Then I can give you a, a very coherent answer. Yeah. But these things matter. Yeah. yeah. And then Andy can put that in his next book. Take credit <laughs> it, for it. It depends, right? Bro, you took the words right out of my mouth. It depends. Okay. He's the pretty face. What can I say? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Well, Rick Stowell, he uses the word depends a lot. Yeah. So, all right. So let's um, get to some questions here. <clears throat> Uh, Christina Albano, if a parent sets up a 529, do you recommend waiting to use that money until senior year of college so it doesn't impact your eligibility for financial aid in the earlier college years? Rick, what do you think? Well, I think that maybe is a Pearl one, but I, I'm thinking if it's a senior year, it's already too late, right, Pearl? Well, no. Uh, be, yes, be, be, this would be a good time. Yeah, right, right. So it could be because it's the date of, of signing. It's not the two-year look back for Right. When you and when you are using it to pay a bill in your senior year, 
you have no more financial aid forms that you're filing at that institution. Right. So right. you can't come back and you won't take the hit for the following year. Right. Yep. So, okay. So we're, we're taking questions now. And the next question comes from Pat Barry. Hello, Pat. Using the uh, Parent PLUS loan and student federal loans to pay for college, I'm assuming I can use the 529 at the end to pay off these loans. Is that correct? That is now correct, right, Rick? Yeah. Yep. Another thing, I'm just, this is a good question. Um, uh, uh, under Section 127 plans, for which are your employer education assistance plans, for basically deduct the cost of tuition. For this year, it also includes loan repayments. Hmm. So employer can repay loans? Mm -hmm. And that counts and they can deduct that up to... They can deduct they it. So like say if you have a child in college and you set up an education assistance plan, uh, and it's not, it's not just the fight, uh, the, uh, fight, but also now loans. That's a new one. That, that could be a big one yeah, for people is. paying off loans. Is, is it capped at $5,250 or is that different? No, it isn't. Okay. So if, if you took out a, a plus loan for Harvard of $80,000 and you paid it back just to get the tax deduction. Out of the business if you're self-employed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's a good strategy. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Carrie borrows. Instead of 529, let's say I had the same after-tax amount in a savings account. How would the college look at that? Would it be the same 5 to 25% penalty as a 529 account? Pearl. It would be if it's in your name and the student's name is not on that other savings account, it would be at the 5% rate. If it is a an UGMA or an UTMA an account that has your student's name on it as well, even if your name is on it, it's really in da, da, da. If your name's on it with that student, it's going to be at the 25% rate. I have a question for Pearl. Um, a grandparent owned 529 plans. What's your experience as far as how colleges treat the, the ones that use the institutional method? Right. I guess today, I've had some that actually have treated them as a resource of the student. Exactly. That's what I was outside saying. source of funds. You can lose dollar for dollar. Yeah. So if you got a $10,000 scholarship from the college and a grandparent, uh, a 529 withdrawal from a grandparent owned 529 is used to pay for college, they lose their $10,000 scholarship. Right. It, or it's imputed as income to the student when it's used in that mm -hmm. next year. That's what we're seeing. Yeah. Which is a 50% reduction. Right. 50%. Or so I've actually seen some where they've treated that as a resource mm -hmm. because it's an outside source of funds, which it is from yes. coming from a grandparent. Yes. And depends how bad they, they want the student, right? And like Pearl says, uh, when it gets all done, said and done, it's uh, they, they'll give you what they want to give you. Exactly. That's actually the bottom line. All right. Here's a question uh, for, from Patricia Escaro. Should I spend down Thanks. my 529 <laughs> plan while my child is in private school? So that's that really depends on your specific situation. We can't in good faith answer that you know uh without knowing everything about your financial aid profile but look um any money you have in your name is going to penalize you so that makes sense in a vacuum without considering all the extenuating circumstances uh karen grant our private our parent private loans 
uh, a qualified expense for 529 payments or only child loans. That's interesting. I don't think they are. Rick, I'm putting you on the hot seat for that one. Private, parent private loans, is that, is that plus loans? Is that yes. maybe what she's no, talking about? No, no, no. It's not. Yeah. Oh, I, know. I mean, maybe I've just used, maybe Karen's probably thinking that is a plus loan, but. Uh, I think so too. I don't think I they don't... actually mean. Okay, a let's, look at, let's answer both. Funded let's look at both. Loan. A private loan right. is, is on the private market. Right, right. That you're borrowing through Discover or through a credit union or something like that. Um, is that a qualified expense for 529 payments? I don't think it is. I'd say no, no. Yeah. But um, child loans, let's say, let's say a child has a private student loan. Yeah. Is that considered a qualified higher education expense now? Sure. Under yeah. Yeah. And I think also uh, your plus loans are too. Right. So Karen just and private the way I read it. Um, not as a plus loan, but I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we covered a lot, despite Rick's antics. I think he gave a decent to me. I was good today, Eddie. You, you know I was good today. I was easy on you. I didn't go hard on you. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, you like always, you did an extremely mediocre job. And I, I appreciate it from the depths of my heart and soul. And you want to see my new hat? <laughs> yes, I do. You you have more. Was it, wait. The man, yep. the legend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Rick refers to himself as the ancient. I'm sorry, as the legend of the West, because he's from Montana, and I, I, turned that into the ancient legend of the West. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of props. You have more props than any accountant that I know. Yeah. Oh, I'll wear my my orange prop next time. It'll be embroidered yeah. by then. Yeah, I don't recommend that one. Okay. Uh, but that was hilarious. Um. The, hard, the one about getting hard time. Yeah, that was, that was a good marketing marketing yeah. angle. All right, so someone said, here's one more question here before we wrap up. Someone suggests I spend the 529 money before I submit the FAFSA on purchasing items for my child's room that could be used for college. Does this make sense? Um, well, first of all, you have to look very closely at yeah. the definition of higher education expense and purchasing things for your child's room is probably not within that definition, right, Rick? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, the only thing that would happen probably is you're going to um, you're probably going to get penalized from the 529s itself because you're not using it for qualified expenses. You could have a, a taxable event there. But again, maybe if you're not paying taxes, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Because it, it, you know, it may not be a big deal because you're lowering an asset that could get hit at 5.6%. And so again, it, it depends, right, Pearl? It does. Yeah, it just depends. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you have great penmanship. Thanks. And there's a draft one here, too. There was, yeah. but I couldn't fit the S. Um, yeah. it over. All right. Okay, well, I'm not going to, uh, I'm resisting the impulse to make one more depends joke to Rick, but um, <laughs> instead, I think we should sign up here. Thank you to Rick Darvis, CPA, and Pearl Lockwood, and I'm Andy Lockwood. Thanks for watching College Coffee and COVID Talk, and we will be back next week right here on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lockwood College Prep. We're also um, on the podcast airwaves. This is going to be a podcast episode called The College Planning Edge. You can listen to that on uh, Apple Podcasts. Did you know that? We do now. We're really everywhere. I mean, everywhere 
We are omnipresent. Everywhere where nobody can find us. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Good, yeah. good. All right. Just Goodbye. Out of that orange jumpsuit, Andy. Yeah. Maybe next week we'll have you on. Maybe Halloween. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye.